0: Are now listening to the Knee Deep Podcast presented by Dark Horse Tackle. Jason, how are you,
1: my guy, buddy? What is up? It is uh, the Fourth of July weekend, and I am so yes. excited.
0: I'm pumped for things that um, go things that go boom. Oh, baby, things that go bang, Wait. things that go boom, and we're not talking about your mom. Um, <laughs> so we got a pretty cool episode today and we do. this was an an idea that you had so i'm i think i'm going to title it the mayor of Dink City and his constituents and i'll let you explain it this is all right a- here let me just tell you
1: josh we have a pretty badass episode tonight because yes. Uh, you know, it's been a little while since we've been able to actually peel back the curtain of the company uh, that Dark Horse Tackle is. Uh, Dark Horse Tackle is a badass organization who runs this podcast, and part of the reason why they're so awesome is because of the people that believe in the company and the company's mission. Tonight, we get, to interview, we get to interview th- not one, not two, but three really I mean, balling-ass tournament anglers, I might say. Ballin ballin tournament balling tournament anglers. First place, second place, and third place of the Dink City Tournament hosted by Dark Horse Tackle.
0: Yeah, that was sponsored by Dark Horse Tackle, which is also a sponsor of this podcast. Which, you know, full disclosure that, believe it or not, the hosts of the Needy Podcast are the owners of Dark Horse Tackle. So, for those of you DMing the Needy Podcast talking about how stupid and ugly the owners were, guess what? It was us the whole time. So So, we gotcha. Uh, all right, so before we bring them on, uh, there's yeah. a couple of things that I want to
1: discuss. Uh, one one being we've been receiving a ton of questions uh, and just a little bit of maybe some understanding from customers in, in regards to the Tackle Talk Summer Edition boxes. So I think we discussed it on our last podcast episode, but just to recap here, um, yep. they are almost completely finished. We did run into a supplier issue uh, that was completely out of our control. We understand that our customers are anxious and they're excited and all of these things, but we had to work very diligently through this process that we were uh, that we underwent. Um, in regards to not upset anybody that we want to work with, anybody that we really love and enjoy working with. Um, unfortunately, just some things happened behind the scenes that, you know, we're out of our control, but we're working as urgently as we can to get these boxes done. And I believe uh, it is my my full goal is to have them all shipped out, packed up, ready to go by next Friday. So uh, I think they'll be done before then, but just next Friday is our target goal now. So
0: man, we got a lot. We got a lot going on, dude. It's like it's like a lot of times, like we have these ideas, and then you know our tail just keeps getting longer, and we just keep t- chasing that thing, dude. Because you know we'll have it, it's always one box a month, like people. Whether it's the People's Champ box, whether it's the Weekend Warrior box, whether it's a box that you know we decide to put on for you know everybody as a really cool opportunity and a really exclusive style of deal. Um, it just it's always something, man.
1: Well, here's the deal. Like, that's just a testament for how awesome every one of our customers is. That they can keep all of these small businesses that we work with super busy behind the scenes, um, and have them, you know, chasing their own tails a little bit. That's awesome. That's that's a huge. We're chasing our tails. They're not chasing
0: nothing. They're just painting (laughs) baits.
1: Well, the painters are chasing their tails a little bit too, trying to keep up.
0: Yeah, it is. It is fun. Like, it is fun. Like, you know, and and this is some more behind the scenes. Like, Jason and I will have an idea. Every month, we'll have an idea of what we want to put in the box. You know, like July, everybody knows it's going to be a top water box. We That is the one staple that we're going to have every year. Um, it's going to be a top water box every July. So, but it's not easy. It's not easy because the one we had last year was really good. So we had to make this one better. And we did, but it was like, okay, so what company do we want to go with? And it's like, what company do we not have working on a box that we have right now? Yep. And then it's like okay we got these guys and then it's like wait a minute oh shoot this isn't going to work out. Well hey uh Mr. Painter guy do you mind being in the next three boxes that we have because it's just it's just going to be that way man. Well that's and, really
1: good though man because yeah. you know all all the whole time like we're just you know helping put food on the tables for small families and businesses across America. So that's awesome. Uh that's for a me, huge it's a huge shout out to all of our customers. You guys are awesome. We understand you're excited about these boxes and we're excited to get them to you. Um, we just want you to know that while you're not seeing everything going on behind the scenes, that we're just doing the absolute best that we can to not let anybody down or to upset anybody because we don't like to upset people.
0: Yep. And, and honestly, like, you know, the only thing I think that we should have done differently is I, uh, realistically, I know that we talked about it. I know that we talked about it, but I guess, you know, we're going to keep talking about this, you know, tackle talk box shortage until it's done, you know? So next episode, get ready. You're going to hear it again because, you know, sometimes not everybody listens. Not everybody gets to see a story. Not everybody's paying attention. And then they think that, you know, we're trying to pull a fast one. Dude, if I was pulling a fast one, I would not make the box as exclusive as it was. I would try to sell as many as I could get all of y'all's money and go spend it on helicopters. But in this case, we've limited the box um, a lot. And that was, you know, it's it's kind of like an us thing, but it's also a supplier thing. You know, these guys, they, we can't just hit these guys up a week after selling 200 boxes and go, hey, guess what? I need 200 more. They're gonna and I need start- them next week. <laughs> yeah. And I need them. I need them by next week. So, you know, that just, it's just one of the things, man. It's just It's the ins and outs of it. We're trying to be as ethical as we can. We're trying to be as fair as we can. I'm not going to come to your house and say, dude, where are those 200 baits? I'm going to have to move on. I'm going to have to find somebody else. You know, we had that happen in the first Tackle Talk box. We had a guy make a few baits and then he was like, oh, shoot, I didn't know it was going to be like this. And we're like, you know what? As long as you give us permission to to have somebody else paint this bait the way you did it, we're going to go ahead and run it that way. And he was fine with it and we got it out of the way.
1: And see, that's, that's a thing that we do that no other company would do. Like we, we asked the guy, we're like, Hey man, we know that we wanted you to sign up for this. You told us that you can't do it. So without ripping the rug completely out of underneath your feet, we want your permission to talk to somebody else to have these done, um, And that's just, man, that's like the thing of it. Like, we don't want to burn bridges with anybody. Like, we genuinely love and appreciate and admire all of these small businesses that we work with. And it doesn't matter who they are, where they come from, as long as they're in the United States of America. uh, Fourth of July. Shout out Fourth of July. Um, (laughs) Anyways, like, as long as they're a small business in America we, we love all these guys. We, we understand what, you know, the struggles that they go through. We understand, you know, the time that they put into their honing their craft and just providing you with something that is truly unique and special. Um, and so we
0: just try to do things the right way. So, um, you know, I think, I think we've patted ourselves on the back long enough. Um, I, uh, I I did, you know, we don't normally do Florida man's while we have a guest, but I really have a special one today. (laughs) I really have a special one. I sent it to Jason earlier. (laughs) It made me
1: laugh at my day job.
0: Yeah. I, um, you know, Florida man is something that's always been very special to me and I'm glad that we can bring it on the show because I have, I have always, you know, for the longest time, man, for like the past three years, like. Every now and then I get bored and I Google Florida man. Well, I saw one today that a Florida man told a bartender, and and I'll paint the picture for you here in a minute. Florida man tells a bartender he is the undertaker and tried to tombstone him. And it's this really unathletic dude who kind of looks like the undertaker in the face. He's got black hair. He's wearing makeup. He's got the goatee and everything. So I could only picture, you know, just imagine being at a bar. This fat, drunk dude walks in. He's like, yep. I am the Undertaker. And yeah. it's like, no, you're like the dollar store version of The Undertaker. And then he's like, you know what? You son of a bitch. And he just tries <laughs> to tombstone you. Do you no. think
1: do you think he walked in with one of the giant, like I don't know, like ankle-length uh trench coats that the Undertaker I, always wore?
0: I have a feeling, like, if I'm painting the picture the way I want to see it, this dude's no more than five foot five, right. and he's probably like 240 pounds. And he's, he's walking around with his arms out, you know, bumping into people. And he's like, you better watch your back, bud, because you know who I am. And people are <laughs> like, uh, Bill, no, I'm the Undertaker. And you're just like, OK, whatever you say. It's like the guy you don't want problems with, because like, honestly, like this guy is criminally insane. It's not that he's tough. It's not that he's scary. It's that you just you really just don't know. So you got to watch your back with. Undertaker Junior over here. You might just screw around and get chokeslammed. You, you, I mean, you're, you fine. move around and find out because this guy's, <laughs> for one, I guarantee you he knows kung fu or some version that he saw in a movie. Um, yes. And depending on the amount of drinks that he's had, he will try to perform actual wrestling moves on you. It and Which, I just, I feel like the scenario <laughs> would be like, "What are you doing? What are you doing? Stop that! Why are I you doing like, this?" And he's like, "No, let me do this. I'm the Undertaker."
1: Like, I feel like it has to be like incredibly uncomfortable to try and tombstone power drive somebody when you're only like five
0: foot two. It's like, got well, you got the leverage. You got the lower body, you know, you got that you know, you got that advantage, right? You're already underneath them.
1: I mean, if somebody's like six foot tall, like that that and you're like five foot two trying to tombstone power like, see part of the reason why the tombstone power driver is such an effective, it's a super effective
0: undertaker's um, huge.
1: Yeah, it's a signature move. Boom. And the reason why it's such a super effective signature move is because the Undertaker is like six foot ten, like yes. a five foot two. Guy. Big. Diamond dude, Dallas ma-
0: Page is massive, dude. He's like you, six eight.
1: You imagine trying to see this short little dude pick somebody up and Tombstone Power drive them right through Ugh. the table. <laughs> yes,
0: I could. I've actually oh seen God. stuff like that happen at bars, man. I, you know, the bars that I could go to is the Wild Wild West. I don't go to those. Fancy schmancy bars where you order a $30 martini. I'm ordering $2 beers, but I have, I've been off the piss for about, uh, what day is it? Thursday. It's been about, been about a week. So we're doing good. I'm proud of you. Keep it up. All right. No Um, more patting each
1: other on the back. Before we go into this, I I do want to say two more things. Uh, For those who are subscribed to the people's Champ box, they were shipped out today. So you will probably receive them Uh, Well, Monday is a holiday, so you'll probably receive them next Wednesday, I would assume. Um, That box is very cool. There's some baits in that box that I've never seen before. Some baits in that box that I've never had in a box before. So because of that, uh, the packaging on one of those baits in particular was like five inches longer than it needed to be. And it did not fit very well in the box because of that. So if you're sticking your hand in there you're digging around just be cautious uh there's a bait in there that might just get you if you just I don't know who blindly sticks their hand in a box full of baits but if that's what you're gonna do
0: yeah I mean that's not gonna be me tell you yeah for I wouldn't do
1: that um also one more thing I wanted to say and point out uh the guys that are part of this uh interview tonight Uh, Two of them, well three of them, they're all awesome, but two of them in particular are just hell of a great dudes in the sense that they sent us a gift card to our favorite wing place in uh, Columbus, Ohio, so we're going to be going live. Actually, I don't think it's going to be this coming Tuesday because uh, Monday is the 4th of July. My uh, work schedule, my day job schedule is a little bit screwed up because of that. So it'll probably be the following Tuesday. We're going to try to go live from a wing shop on Instagram. So you might just want to jump on there. We might eat a very hot wing.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it, it realistically just depends because we did take a look at the menu and um, those efforts have not got unnoticed. Those gentlemen will be on the podcast with us. I think Jason covered that. I was too busy trying to close out tasks on my computer because um, it started an update and it got really crappy. So if if the podcast is crappy, that's on me. Um, but the only wing I saw, it was like there was like no balance. It was like, you've got this one, it's hot. And then it's like you got this one and you're going to have to sign a waiver because if you die here, it's not our fault. So. What do you think Jason without further ado should we bring on Dustin? We should absolutely bring on Dustin. All Dustin right.
1: placed 3rd in the Dink City tournament pre-
0: uh presented by Dark Horse Tackle. Yes so. sir. He did a good job and without further ado. Dustin, how are you? Good guys, what's going on? Hey man, we're just chilling. We're we're uh we're battling through, you know, both of us having absolutely terrible internet connections. But, you know, we're making do.
2: Yeah, I'm hoping mine's gonna hang on there. I, I'm in my truck, but I'm pretty close to the uh, the router here, so seems like it's been all right. So,
0: um, I I don't think we had actually seen you hanging around the Dark Horse Tackle page until we saw you enter the Mayor of Dink City tournament um, on Turning X. Um, how long have you been following Dark Horse Tackle, man? Because again, man, I never saw you until then. Um
2: i want to say probably around february of, of this year i think i found you guys right around funny right around the same time i like saw a post from you guys um for martin's custom baits which was right around the same time i found both of you guys yeah um and funny story he was like a mile and a half away from where i was working in connecticut here um so and we've been friends and in contact ever since it's pretty cool that's
1: awesome. that is so yeah. cool man uh, actually He's one of my favorite small businesses that you know I've discovered over the past like six months. As Steve Martin, uh, hell of a guy, like one of yeah. my favorite people. Um, and he he called me and he's like, "Man, you never believe that Dustin Hobbs is actually working for me now." And I'm like, "That's, that's weird, man. That's an awesome connection. That's su- that's such a like coink-a-dink that that would happen."
2: Ooh. Yeah, it was really cool.
1: <laughs> that's very cool. So have you have you still been helping Steve over there at the garage?
2: Yeah, every uh, every once in a while now, you know, summertime fishing uh, takes up a lot of time, and between that yard work and work, um, right? So I haven't been over there as much, but I was recently um, for a big order that he had. Um, uh,
0: I think i know helping what you're him talking. out with
2: that. <laughs> yeah,
0: I'm I'm jealous, man. I like I would love like we don't really live. Jason and I we don't really live near any of the guys that like we've worked with. The closest guys. Uh-huh. That, is close the closest guy to us that we've worked with is Jigmasters and he's about two and a half hours away. Um, okay. Now the Venom manufacturing plant is close to us about less than an hour away, but uh Venom is just, they are just a very, very large company and they're a lot bigger of a business than a lot of people think they are. And we're uh-huh. already, we already kind of get poo-pooed on for businesses not being, you know, small <laughs> enough or whatever, but There, you know, I'll put it to you this way. There's more than 10 guys putting stuff together. And, you know, we, we are, we do consider, you know, I consider a small business like Venom is still a small business. They're a massive bait manufacturer, but they are still a small business. But like Martin's man, like he's, you know, he's got guys, you know, you're going over there and helping him put stuff in packaging. And, you know, we've got like Cody from Jigmasters. He's the only guy that does his stuff. If you're just one guy, regardless of how your packaging looks, your manufacturing plant, your paint shop, your bait molds, whatever it may be. You know, if if you're just one guy, you are a small business. I do not care.
2: Yeah, yeah I totally agree.
1: How small of a business is uh, Martin's Custom Baits? There, Dustin, you've been there.
2: <laughs> well, it like you said, it's in his garage, man. I mean, he does he does everything out of his garage, and I mean, it's it's nothing fancy, it's nothing nothing terrible, but he gets it all done out of there. You know, it's it's pretty cool. He's just he's damn a, good at what he does. Yes, he, he is. is damn good at what he does. Yeah. Yes, he is. He is just.
1: He's, a very he's taught me successful. a lot. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, he's a very successful
0: small business. I would agree. Yeah. I would yes. agree. Yeah. What's uh, if you've got if you've got a takeaway from being at Martin's that you could think of off the top of your head, what's like one of the most important things you've learned from him, or something that's just um, you know, whether it be important or just eye opening. Well, something that really surprised me is just some simple
2: like how to make a how to put together a banded skirt. I mean, I had no idea how it was done before February of this year. Yeah. And uh now I can make them on my own. I can wire time, I can make them with a band or whatever, you know? I mean, it's pretty
0: cool. How does he do it? Well, I don't know if that, do you think that's a trade <laughs> secret. Do you think that's one of those? You know? uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah,
1: let's not talk yeah, about it. Well, yeah, well, yeah let's okay. let's uh let's skip over we'll that have question. to
0: go up to connecticut ourselves i guess
1: <laughs> yeah we'll let him tell you that dude i would love to travel around to all these small businesses and do a live from their pot like do a podcast from their you know their garage or their basement or their living room like maybe hang out have a pizza watch you know some movies and have a podcast like let's do it yeah that'd be cool if you could find there.
2: like a uh, a good clump of uh you know, people that you guys use to, to bring together or like to travel to within like a a six hour radius of, of, you know, six guys or something. And you could travel to them throughout a week and, and uh, do like a video circuit or something like that. That'd be kind of cool.
1: That is the goal.
2: World tour. Yeah, there you
1: go. We have to get the knee deep podcast to be uh, let's just say a money maker. Uh, and then yeah. that's a business expense. So we, we yeah. do fully intend to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'd
2: be pretty cool guys. Bingo. So, so Dustin,
1: what did you learn? Uh, this is pretty cool. So what did you learn from the, uh, the Dink city tournament that might've helped you go out and then catch your PB, which is pretty freaking awesome. That that <laughs> happened as soon as the tournament ended.
2: Well, you know, I, I did learn that like, uh, time put in is number one time put in is time well spent but like you got to put in time to achieve what you're doing but you also have to think like a fish is what i learned you i i like uh i don't know i've just fished in ways that i i didn't before and uh i mean that's partly because of you guys and just different things that i watch and people i talk to and you know it's just every everything is just all I, I learn from everything and I, I try to learn from everything is really what I, what I've learned.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, like a lot of people, so we've been really, I, especially myself. So I'm coming on like my 28th year of fishing and mm-hmm. I'm realistically in my fifth year of cognitively fishing of actually taking mental notes, you know, like, I, i'm I, with you there yeah like when jason and i first started fishing like i would tell him all the time i'll shut up and throw a pit boss throw a sinko throw a spinnerbait <laughs> it was never like it was never like well you know the sun is at a 36 degree angle and the water temperature is 52 degrees i suggest doing this like now that's how i fish you know like i'm at a very like big information retention you know part of my life and like over mm-hmm. the past five years dude i've learned more with fishing than I, than I ever knew. And, in yeah. you know, that's just, it's just, it's crazy. And like fishing the Dink City, you know, I remember I told Jason one day, I'm like, I'm going to show these guys, you know, how easy it is to catch Dinks, blah, blah, blah. And like every fish <laughs> I caught was like, you know, I'm catching three pounders on Ned rig baits that are an inch and a quarter long. And I'm like, okay, well, this is... <laughs> This is just I stupid. did
2: find that that like you're you were wanting to catch a small fish for this competition and then you find yourself I almost got a little annoyed when I'd catch a fish that was a little bigger when I was going out thinking I was trying to catch dinks, you know?
0: Yep.
2: Dang it, it's a 12 <laughs> inches.
0: Man.
2: Yeah, exactly. I'd throw it in. Oh man, you're 12 inches.
0: Oh, I hate catching three pounders. This is stupid. <laughs> Bummer. Don't they know? Don't they know what I'm doing here? I'm trying to trying to run a an imaginary city.
1: Yeah. So, Dustin was that was that a fun tournament for you? Was that the first tournament you've ever fished? What's your takeaway from the tournament?
0: Yeah, it was so
2: like in in between this tournament I fished my actual real first tournament, but yeah, this was my first tournament that I entered, I would say really. And cool. it was a lot of fun. Just just knowing that I was competing against other people, that that made it fun for me and I didn't I never thought of myself as a competitive person. And uh here I am having fun competing. It was pretty cool. Yeah.
1: That was the goal. We, that was what we wanted with the Dink City tournament. We just yeah. wanted it to be, you know, something that anybody and everybody can do. We wanted it to be a good time for everybody and just something that nobody else does or nobody else has done. Um, I yeah, think it that's, was.
2: That's... You, you twisted it all on their head. And I, I thank you guys for it. It was awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's always something that we want to do, man, is try to go against the grain a little bit. Try to find that one thing. Well, okay, what is nobody else doing? Um, they're not doing this, so we're going to do it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I like it.
1: Yeah. So what was your, um, uh, what were your top three baits for catching fish at 10 inches or under?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so so I thought it was just going to be a Senko and I was just going to slam them, but it, it wound up being a bunch of hard baits. I used like uh, floating two inch floating minnows, um, like plus one baby wake baits. Um, and what was the other thing I used a lot of, uh, Oh, a a junior suspending jerk bait. Nice. I think it was a lot of timing. You know, they were all just up shallow and I could just get them with that. It was, it was almost too easy. Sometimes.
0: I've I've no, sorry, Jason. I've, I've noticed that the smaller fish will definitely go like smaller fish react to reaction baits a lot more than like they do a slow bait like you're mm. gonna catch you're gonna catch more fish under 10 inches on like a square bill than you are flipping a jig
2: yeah
1: for sure yeah so were you fishing lakes or ponds or rivers where were you fishing primarily
2: primarily i fished uh, the Moodus reservoir here where i live with my uh my girlfriend has a house here um and uh i mean i fished almost every day that i could um so yeah here but i mean i caught fish from connecticut to maine some of them came from nice
0: fishing all over the world <laughs> kind of kind of yeah that's dinks,
2: awesome
1: though. dinks all over the world are feeling it from this tournament there were like a total of there were like a total of 900 dinks caught 900. i know
2: i was thinking about that that is crazy to think about you know if you stacked them nose to no, nose to tail <laughs> Be a line they're from here to New York it. City or wherever
0: <laughs> they're feeling it, they are. They are. I, um, I think that see, it's funny. We had this, um, we had this bait kind of specifically designed for the Dink City tournament in uh February. We had uh-huh. like an oops, all finesse box, and that kind of like stemmed the whole idea, and blah blah blah. But we had this like mini griffin, and Um, it's like this tiny little mega bass knockoff blank. And it's like an inch and a quarter long. It's tiny. Uh I went out and tested it like a lot before, like, you know, the actual tournament started and I did nothing but like catch like two and three pound class fish. Like it was weird. And like, (laughs) Jason was like, how'd that bait go? And I'm like, dude, it works like really well for big fish. Like it makes no sense. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking to myself like, oh yeah, I'm going to catch like every 10 inch fish in this pond. Nope. Yeah, right. Worked for big fish. He was a little (laughs) bit
1: uh, discouraged by that, actually. Yeah.
0: Believe it or not. (laughs) Oh man! By catching big fish, what a bummer. (laughs) It's it's fun though. That's that's the thing, man. Like, I I realistically do think I think that everybody who like actually kind of participated in this, you know, especially the top three, you know, between you, Dave, and Zach, I think that all three of you guys got better. I think people learned things and they realized, you know, like certain aspects of fishing that a lot of other people don't recognize what those aspects are is going to be subjective to you. But I do. Yeah. Right. They're different for everybody. Yeah. I think everybody took something away from it from like a learning perspective.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like uh, what's his name? Uh, Dave. He said the other day it brought his family closer together. I thought that was pretty cool. Yep. That is
1: awesome. Yeah. He had his, he had his son in it, and I I can't wait to talk to him about that. But he had his uh, he had his son involved in it. And his son was so excited, and I just I, <laughs> I love that man. That's, that's yeah, that was
0: that's awesome.
1: He that was the driver top 25%. for me. Yes, he did. How about that? <laughs> we did all right, ahead. Dustin. Well, buddy, thank you for joining us. Uh, we appreciate. Yeah, you, you got it, guys. Thank it. you. Absolutely, man.
0: Yes, sir. We'll see you, Dustin. Great job. We're going to have another tournament coming out. Um, you caught that six pounder a little bit too early, but uh, we, <laughs> I know it. We will have like a big boy tournament coming up. So keep your eyes peeled, man. Oh, I will. Thanks, guys. All right. We'll see you, man.
1: Thanks, Dustin.
0: All right. That was Dustin. He placed third place in the Mayor of Dink City competition. We got Dave coming on. Um, Dave, go ahead and unmute your mic and we'll get you in here. Dave, how are you? Yeah. I'm Our guy. You. Hey, how you doing, Dave? Good, man. I'm
3: floored at this whole process, like from the beginning to the end. I was like, I moved into this town about two years ago, two and a half years ago, and found this creek and was like, Man, fishing competitions are awesome. I wish there was like something where I could do with all these small fish, but at least I'm learning. And then sure enough, you guys come along two years later, like. Here's a small fish competition. And I said, Not a
0: paid actor, by the way. <laughs> yeah. No. I was like, oh,
3: perfect. And yep. uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it was awesome. I, I had such a blast. Yeah. Who
0: knew that, you know, the second place finisher of a small fish competition would come out of the state of California? <laughs> it's a big state. Yeah. Though, so.
3: yeah. I'm notorious. I've gone to the Delta many times, which is like a big fish factory. Oh, yeah. And I'm pulling out, you know, 10-inch fish left and right, super stoked. (laughs) We've definitely pulled some giants out of there a few times, but uh, I'm notorious for catching the most fish in the day and all of them being under 12 inches.
1: Yeah. See, part of my problem, like part of the reason I really wanted to do this tournament too was just like, man, social media has like really taken advantage of like, Yeah, man, it's just really like, you know, it glamorized big fish too much to where, like, if you go out and you go fishing and you don't catch a big fish, you kind of feel like, damn, I suck at this. Like, and the fact of the matter is, you don't suck at that. Like, you just have to learn and grow and adapt and, you know, overcome and get better at it. And, you know, I I think that once you are forced out of the comfort zone or forced out of the ideal lot, do I want to say that word I don't know how to say it Uh, that's not my dictionary are you saying ideal
0: are you well there's there's ideology and then there's idealization so I think a lot of guys idealize how they're going to fish like an ideology is more of like a like a founding factor of like where your ideas come from but like an idealization is like how you picture this scenario going. And I think you're more on the idealization side.
1: Yep, and it's just like if if you don't catch a big fish then you are you know less than or you suck at this and i just i really wanted to pull that Dude. out of people's mindset man because fishing is not about that fishing has never been about that
0: fishing and, is uh, for everybody
1: trademarked. it is for everybody
0: trademarked <laughs> can't steal that one can you mm. it's not well,
3: it's not trademarked by us either no, i will I tell I, you I, I've had my son in that creek many times, and we usually end up going after crawdads or, you know, whatever, playing sticks and rocks and, you know, et cetera. And uh, he catches fish here and there. But I told him, I was like, hey, do you want to try and get a tournament and, like, catch some fish and maybe win some in. stuff? And he was like, you can win stuff? I'm like, yeah. He's like, dad, I'm, I, let's go. I'm down. I was like, all right. <laughs> dude, you, I
0: freaking dude. love that. How old is Eli? He's seven, he's seven. Okay, so yeah. I didn't fish my first tournament until I was 12. But I'm telling you, that is what like set it in stone. Like I used to goof off fish. I would never pay attention. You know, my dad's like, stop throwing your baits in the trees. I'm telling you, man, the first tournament I ever fished, I was <laughs> dialed. I was like, don't make a mistake. Don't waste time and don't piss off grandpa. So, <laughs> you know, just, just focus and look at the bushes and keep throwing into the bushes. You'll catch fish.
3: Oh yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah. He's he's uh
3: he can I can send you videos. He can skip, he can skip probably 30 feet under bushes, he can do all sorts of stuff just from this creek, just from that same idea of stop losing your lures, stop collecting bushes, that's a stick fish, not a real fish, etc. 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 Like hey, who sets it free set on that Yeah, he has so much fun and he found out that he got to beat some other people. Blew his mind. He, you he, love it. The, the biggest smile on my son's face. Like, uh, I was, I was so proud of him. He was so proud of himself. It just made me. It, it really hit me in the heart. Like to Good, see yeah. that love ride in, in a seven year old. It was cool, dude. Can
1: I tell you? Can I tell you this, Dave? There were a couple of days. Um, and I don't remember exactly what it was now, but there were a couple of days where you had sent videos to dark horse tackle. And I, I was not having a good day, you know, whether it be my day job or just some kind of strain. I, I remember at least two days where you sent a video of him and his smile and his happiness, dude, it cheered me right up. Like that was the greatest thing ever. Um, and I showed my daughter who was also seven and she's like, he's fishing in the tournament. I want to fish in the tournament. And I'm like, well, it's already started now, but like next time definitely I'm gonna put her in there. Yeah, so especially when she's
0: doing
3: with a wacky worm. <laughs> hey,
1: dude, she's a beast, but she's catching too big a fish, I guess. So <laughs> Yeah.
0: We'll put her in the big fish tournament. Here we go. Maybe maybe we should um maybe we should host a kids tournament.
1: Yeah, I love it.
0: You know, anybody let's say like let's let's you know, when I used to fish youth, there was there was brackets. There was there was um basically newborn to 11 years old and then there was 11 to 14 and then there was 14 to 18 depending on the year you were born so basically 14 to 17 um and like that's how my brother got into tournament fishing because i was tournament fishing in the 11 to 14 group when i was younger and then 14 to you know 14 to uh 18 age group but my brother was four years younger than me so he would always Like, from, like, the 0 to 11 group, like, he dominated because, like, nobody nobody would fish him. And, like, these kids would come in with, like, no fish. So, at the end of the tournament, they'd have, like, a quiz. They'd be like, what bait looks like a tube? And the kid would be like, a tube. And they're like, you get first place. Here's a new (laughs) one. And, like, my brother, like, had all these. He has all these trophies in his room that are, like, from ages 3 to 11, like, first place at Delaware Lake. And like, I'll never forget that. And like my parents, he would win these combos and my parents would be like, you're giving that to your brother. <laughs> They'd be like, you're giving it to Josh because we don't want to <laughs> buy him. stuff."
1: You know, I, if we were to do a kid's tournament, I would absolutely love to do like a, you know, like they could win 50 or hundred bucks or whatever. Yeah. And like they win like tackle from us, like an yes. actual tackle box with baits in it. And like, I I don't know, I would just I would love to do an all kids tournament like but that's hard because like what do you do like age age requirement wise like 16 and under that's not really fair I don't think I would call it like
0: yeah like maybe a 10 and under deal like a 12 and under. Like, sir, I'm gonna
1: need to see your ID. You yeah. look like the oh, they're 12. gonna be
0: kids are gonna be juicing. It's gonna be like the Little League World Series. Some kid with a mustache is gonna be catching eight pounders. Dave's Dude. gonna be dressing up like a child,
1: <laughs> he's People gonna be t- on my, put
0: shoes on my knees and crawl yeah. around. <laughs> shave your mustache, buddy. It's, People it's, it's, will be photoshopping themselves and
1: make themselves look smaller.
0: Yeah, they're going to use those Snapchat filters that make you look like a child? Yes. Right. No, it's cool. I'm good. I'm good. Why is your voice so deep? Uh, pituitary gland issue. I don't know. I drink or, yeah, yeah. I drink milk from the store. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, actually, I just drink it straight from the cow, and that's what makes me so strong. It's, you know, my dad raised me different. I'm built different. Sorry. No, I think they're I think it could chicken. work, though. But like you said, Jason, I you know, here's the thing parents live vicariously through their kids a lot of times. And I could definitely see parents being like, you're going to say you caught this fish. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Okay. Uh, Like, I don't know how we're going to get people to not cheat. Cause like, you know, if you say it's 12 and under, those kids are going to need supervision. Like, you know, obviously like some 12 year old kids be running around on bikes and whatever. Like, I mean, when I was 12, I ran around all over the place fishing, but you know, if you've got, you know, kids under 12, like eight year olds and and nine year olds and, and seven year olds, like that's a, that's a bit different, you know, and you're going to need that parental supervision, but then you're going to have that parent like, Hey, you know, I can catch fish too. What
3: do you and, think, Dave? Let us know. Uh, that's not, that doesn't fly in my house. That was a conversation we had to have. Uh, oh,
0: Really? oh yeah he's all. that's a lesson learned what what if you
3: caught if you just got the fish and then i reeled it in and i was like no i am uh i don't compete in a lot of things because i'm obsessive and i'm super competitive like hyper focused competitive so i could not in any right state of mind like catch a fish for my son and not call it mine Yeah. And uh, at the same time, I would never allow him.
0: It's integrity, dude. It's integrity. Like I couldn't, you know, if I'm fishing a team tournament, you know, like a father son team tournament where where we're winning or like where it's like both of us win, you know, and I, and I want him to catch a fish. He's having a bad day or something. And like, it doesn't count for, it counts as a team. Yeah. I'll set the hook and be like, yo, reel this one in chief. But like, if it's like me versus him or, you know, it's just it's a it's a it's an icky thing you know it's icky you know it's like are you doing it for you or do you want your kid to learn you know and maybe we do maybe we do go go through with it maybe we do and you know we overlook these cheating things you know that's just something that you have to make peace with yourself
3: yeah Yeah. well uh my my son he he learned how to pattern fish because of this tournament yeah but dad this fish isn't moving Um, what do you mean so i throw the lure out it's not going anywhere i'm all stay there and he's all what does that mean i'm all that means he's spawning and he's protecting something so he's gonna get mad and he'll bite it he's like okay and then after that all he did was look for fish that didn't move and he just ran up and down the creek all day looking for fish so i found another one i'm all get it go Go ahead
0: get it go off king i love
3: it he was yeah and after that he learned the same thing i learned is follow the cranes yeah The creek that I fished in was 16 miles, and uh, it's all a hike. Like, or it's not a hike. Like, you could drive to some points, but I like walking through the water, so that's me. Um, So we would hike it, and we would look for the cranes, and wherever the cranes were at, there was small fish.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now I want to know what's like your what was your biggest takeaway? You know, what was your biggest uh, you know learning experience, whatever it may be. I'm gonna be like brutally honest. Like, I have
3: not been fishing that long. And when I say I have not been fishing that long, like I started fishing, I was the uh I, I'm like not embarrassed to say it because there's somewhat of a stereotype around it, but I was a COVID fisherman. Yeah. I had time off and somebody bought me a rod for my birthday and there's a creek down here. And I went out and I threw a Panther Martin spinner and pulled up a bass and I said, What is this? And then I looked it up and the next sorry. You want me to oh, pause? You're good,
0: you're good. Go ahead.
3: Okay. Um to, I was like, What is this? And looked it up. It's a bass. I'm like, this thing fought like crazy. I like this. And so I started doing it more and more and more. And uh I, I mean, I fell in love in, in seconds. Like, yeah.
0: By the Look, end of the day, I was like,
3: this is what I want to do.
0: You know, there's stigmas around so many things, man. And it's like, it's generally like uh male dominated sports. Like, you know, I, I fish my version of the fishing community is a bunch of dudes that never really fit in in the first place. Cause I grew up in like the suburbs. I grew up in the city, you know, we all skateboarded, we BMX, we were all butts. you know, like, yeah, you know, even if you sucked at skateboarding, as long as you weren't a poser, you know, you know, don't come up here talking all this shit, talking about how you can do a double kick flip and you can ollie three foot high. We're going to call you out. We're going to, you know, and I'm the same way with fishing, you know, Oh, you know, you always got those guys. Oh, I was sponsored by, you know, back in my day, you know, I had, You know, Mike Iaconelli actually loved his wife uh, because I was such a good fisherman. And it's like, dude, shut up. Nobody asked. Like you don't you have the option to not lie. We're all here just trying to have fun. And, you know, that COVID fisherman thing. I've seen it. I've seen it. Oh, all these guys, all these guys, you know, they got to go outside. What's wrong with that? There's nothing to yeah. with that.
1: Isn't that what we want is like to oh, encourage yeah. people to like, you know, clear their minds, like enjoy nature, like turn off the TV, go out there, explore something, like get better, make yourself happier, do things that make you happy. Like that should yes. be what we want. Like we shouldn't judge people
3: based off of, oh, you just started fishing. Like who gives yeah. a shit, man? Like Ab- who cares? Absolutely. 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 Um, I come from a similar culture and I have a similar – I have a, a, an exact state of mind, the same state of mind about that. Like a non judgmental dude, like what you love is what you love. And if you love what I love, like let's go love this together. Yeah, oh, you know, right. like, let's go have some fun. Let's um, get some footage. So when you say, what was my biggest takeaway or what did I learn in this tournament alone? Um, I could tell you I learned twice as much as I knew in the past two years. Nice. In wow. a matter of months like not only did I learn techniques on what to throw first I'm throwing finesse I'm throwing bottom first i I'm throwing in different pockets different places and how to approach casting upstream and letting it come down to the fish instead of throwing it right at them you know like little things that I'm sure common knowledge to everybody else played to my advantage by learning during this tournament like I can now take my wife who has never caught a bass in her entire life took her out last night and she caught 11 yeah just like, try this just try this it actually gave me more a sense of confidence that not that i can do this but that i can share this love that of bass fishing that i have with everyone like i have so many people hitting me up dude i want to come fish the creek i'm all come on every time i'm down there and somebody's talking to me because it's a big public area and certain stretches of it and they're like oh what are you doing Oh, i used to fish them all, grab a rod dude take my number let's go and people dude, hell yeah me, like let's go fish. i'm like sick i mean they no half the people have never seen a buzz grub before which i've never seen one either but i'm throwing it and just peeling and they're like what yes. is that i'm all go on this website pick this up get the black one get the silver one and it depends on the time of day and the light in the sky and which one you throw and that's it and they're like oh okay and they they do it and just like oh where, where do you get all this stuff dark horse tackle look them up online dude check them out get yep, yourself you're off. awesome you know like it. it's worth the try like yeah everybody that has come down to the creek I have not I'm talking guys that catch five and six pounders on a regular basis in their neighborhoods and and in their and in their lakes they come to the creek and they're like I have never had more fun yeah exactly Exactly. that's
1: incredible I love that so much. Like, I'm so glad that this tournament was able to do that for you. Like, that's that. And honestly, it doesn't even do it just for you, man. Like, for humanity. Like, we need, as people, like, more things that we can celebrate together. Like, more things that we can do and enjoy, like, without being on social media or without sitting on the couch. Like, we just need to love each other better, man. Like, at the end of the day, like, this world is divided enough as it is. Like, we really need to find ways to love each other more. And if it's the outdoors that can do that and bring people together,
3: hell yeah, that's awesome, Dave. I love that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, dude. I, I had this conversation with a buddy of mine the other day. He's a he's more of a reserved person. He doesn't. He's not very outspoken. I'm very outspoken, hands, etc. Um, and uh, he's one of the people that we, we we relate on this very much. Like we're that type of person that feels alone in a room full of people. Um and I find that a lot in fishermen and, and skateboarding and a lot of things that I've done in my life, people like that. And he got to get out on the water with me the other day, dude. Uh, he fished with me for my birthday and, and we had a blast. Like we beat him up yeah. and he was like, man, he's all dude, I've, I haven't had this much fun in forever. I'm like, grab a rod, dude, take one of mine, take it home till you get one. Enjoy. Like, have fun, awesome. man."
0: That's, I mean, that's kind of like with me and Jason, like, I mean, we, um, you know, at when I first met Jason, I was just I was uh, basically in charge of a department that he was a vendor for, and I'm like, great, we got another asshole vendor. Like, this is annoying. Like, you <laughs> know, I'm well, like, they great, would, another another asshole yeah, exactly. department guy. Here we exactly. go. Exactly. We they they would rotate vendors like crazy, man. And I'm just like, can you like all I need from you is to just do your freaking job because nobody does it, and I get stuck doing it. And I ended up doing it, which was funny, but. Um, you know, and then like you said, like, I would always just go fishing by myself. I would, you know, I had my spots, I'd go do my thing. And then one day Jason's like, oh, you like fishing? And I'm like, yeah. And you know, then the rest is freaking history, dude. We go out all the time and you know, it's better to do it with people. It is, it's much yep. more fun to do it with people.
3: Yeah. Hey, that, like, that, that brings a good point to a couple episodes ago when you guys were talking with, uh, the rising tide. Like yeah. that, that hit home in such a heavy way. Like i sent that out to so many people who don't even fish and they're, they're, they were stoked about it. So yeah. I don't know if you guys got, you know, you can see any of that, but it, it, it really touched a lot of people in a, in a good way.
0: Good. And
1: that, good. that's what matters, man. That's the reason why we do the things that we do. Like yep. that is, that is our payout because we don't make money to do these kinds of things, but the interactions that we have with people, the connections that we make and the relationships that we build, like, and the stories that we tell, like that, that is our, pay- that's, that's our reward. Like, yes. that's awesome. That's why we do it. Yeah.
3: What did so, you guys take away from all this?
1: <laughs> that we want to do another tournament, like as it soon ain't as possible. Easy. <laughs>
0: it's not, you know, it's not. I think, I really think, I talked to Jason about it the other day. I said, isn't it funny that all of a sudden Zach and Dusty and all these guys are catching big fish? Like, I think it, you know, I my takeaway is that we have good ideas that do good things. And we have a platform that allows us to bring good to people, to, you know, bring a wholesome element to a sport that is so overly competitive. We bring You know, learning lessons, we have a podcast with a multitude of different guests. But in regards to the Dink City Tournament, you know, understanding, man, it's not as easy to catch a small fish as you think it is. So those guys sitting there on their thrones made of ivory and gold and whatever, talking about all these fish that they catch that are so big, buddy, go out there and catch a small one. I want to see it. That's what I got. That's what you got from me.
3: Hell yeah.
1: What didn't you catch the smallest fish in the whole tournament, yeah, Dave? Was it like a three-incher?
3: <laughs> yeah, um, I was really excited when you guys said that because uh, I never thought that I would even get close to placing anywhere, but I'm like, I know I can at least get the smallest one. So Dude, that's freaking awesome. Yeah, I got a 16th ounce inline spinner and I, and I chucked it on a, on a little bluegill rod and just Way like, to go. Yes, I think I would. Like that was a <laughs> yeah. personal goal. That was my only personal goal. Everything else was a bonus. Yes. But, yeah, that yeah.
1: that was it. That was the PB. Josh and I were watching that. We're like, dude, this this is going to be the smallest fish caught. This is awesome. Like the whole time Josh and I kept looking to make sure nobody caught one smaller than that.
0: Yep. That's yeah. that's I mean, I realistically like when it got to verifying fish, the only thing I started to verify was anything that said nine and three quarter inches or 10 because you know between you and Zach both you guys were sticking tails over 10 and I was like I hate to do this hate to do this but you know if I do it for one guy I'm gonna have to do it for everybody and you know as a tournament fisherman who is all about integrity you know I've been to tournaments where guys chain fish up and you know you want to jump them you know you you want to beat them up so we're not going to be that way we're gonna keep it, you know. We're gonna keep it wholesome. We're gonna keep it honest. Yeah. But yeah, you yeah. definitely did catch the smallest fish. Yeah, dude. And yeah, I'm sorry about those overs. I, I, my you son borrowed try. my glasses to
3: burn some ants one day, and I, and I haven't seen them since. So I was like, looks like ten, you know, just kind of. <laughs> right. Yeah. There we go. All right. So.
1: Yeah, yeah so it I happens. Like that. How, yeah. how did you like – you use that dink board uh, that Dark Horse Tackle has. How did you like that thing? Honestly, give us an honest feedback because we're we're considering doing something else with that idea too, and I just need real honest, critical feedback.
3: Honest, critical feedback? Um, yes. My bag has Velcro in it, so it started peeling the edges a little bit, like little strings. Okay. Not even a problem. It didn't affect the board. I just had a bunch of little phrase that I would cut off at the end of every day that was probably the most convenient thing I think I've ever had. I threw it under my hat one day. I threw it, I folded it up, put it in my pocket. I tuck it in a little, a little shoulder bag, not a purse. Um, not like, a purse. Yeah. <laughs> it's a satchel. Yeah. The
1: Jones it, carries one.
3: Yeah. I straight did like the old school movie thing where you tuck it in the back of your belt and then throw your shirt over it. So nobody's looking at it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Hiding your homework type thing. I did the whole nine. Like, Dude, that thing is so easy to use i was and it was yeah. the lines were big enough and everything there wasn't like a bunch of little 16th inch and stuff i was nah. like Dude, this is perfect like this is this is so convenient for me to use so okay. and it was awesome because a lot of times i'm in the water so i had to find a rock or a bank or something and like to do that with my tape measure like i was doing in the beginning was really difficult but once that because it's like a like a the canvas cloth it just kind of lays over everything i can set the fish up there and i found this trick that if i don't clean it off and i leave the fish like goo and stuff on there they'll stick to it a little bit better <laughs> the next one so like it worked out really good for me i, I, I thought love it was that. great
1: that's awesome okay good uh so a, uh, something I'm going to keep in mind, uh, we, we were going to do it, uh, we didn't do it because we were advised that we didn't have to do it, um, would be to hem the edges. Um, if we hemmed the edges on it, it probably wouldn't fray like that. So yeah. uh, that's probably what we'll do.
3: I mean, I can send you pictures. It's nothing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we you know we want everything that we do Take to be pride perfect in because I am a perfectionist, man. If it's not Go perfect, ahead. I don't want it. Like yeah. if it's if you know, I'll get three thousand different designs, three thousand different ideas, and I'll work hours on all of them. And if none of them are perfect, I'll throw every damn one of them away until I find the one. Until I build the one that I am like, oh, okay, yeah, that's it. Like I am a very big perfectionist.
3: That was awesome, dude! It was, so ew, it was such a blast. Thank you. What were
1: your top three producing baits or techniques?
3: Um, I had four. Literally, it was I used four baits the entire time. Um, Once I narrowed it down, it worked out great. I did that one little inline spinner because I saw I I saw a bunch of little ones and I really wanted the smallest one. Um, I used my the buzz grub. I went through you can ask Cody, I think I went through like 11 of these things 11 yeah. buzz rubs. <laughs> well okay so uh, like this guy's kind of beat up you can't really see him just the just the that's the little venom lures thing um, okay but uh that's the this one seems to be straight still which is good uh the fish in my creek are uh, unnaturally mean um they're really gnarly um for being small and they destroy stuff and they're suicidal so if they get hooked they slam into rocks they slam into stuff so yeah. i lost a few quite a few <laughs> yeah. um this uh the triple threat that you guys put in the finesse box you yep. like a little dojo ned or something yeah slow rock custom tackle um yeah i tried that uh i tried the the josh chitwood rig for a little bit and it caught me a couple but it wasn't a, con- a consistent producer more of a
0: big fish deal and i had to find yeah. that out the yeah other way. yeah exactly same thing dude
3: like 13 14 inches almost right? all right this gotta go um <laughs> a flipped a uh, uh, finesse jig yep like a jig masters finesse jig and then my my uh, other secret weapon because i had one top water rod and one bottom bait rod and uh it was this little i, I couldn't it's find them in any real natural or any uh small uh custom batch store, so i got a head and spook because there's a lot of pike minnow that are hatching in my creek and the little shad pattern in that matches them identical and yeah, I, I, I there was very few days where I didn't come home with a handful of fish. Yeah, so did yeah. you
1: catch most of them in a creek then?
3: All of them in the creek. Okay, perfect. Every single. I mean, I probably only hiked eight out of the sixteen miles, but I mean, I could. The creek starts about a hundred yards from my front door, and um, I can walk in either direction for miles and miles and miles. You've been wet wading in the creeks. Uh yep. yep yep I just getting hot a over heat. there yeah 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 dude it, it's really it's triple digits most <sighs> yeah. the last half of the tournament was in the hundreds oh um, my goodness so getting in the creek felt really good oh yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah all right well Dave buddy thank you for joining us we appreciate you and everything that you do for Dark Horse Tackle uh, you're hell of a guy and you uh you are the perfect number two for, for this tournament so. We appreciate you, Dave. Couldn't
0: see a better person to be number two, Dave. (laughs) Who does number two work for? (laughs) (laughs)
3: Thanks, gentlemen. Thank you. We'll see you, Dave.
0: Have a good one. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Now we have the real mayor of Dink City coming on. Uh Do you have
1: some like presidential music that you can play?
0: Dun, 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 okay. dun, 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 this is an
1: inauguration.
0: Zach. Oh
1: snap! It is the mayor of Dink boys? City. What How is you up? How are
4: you? I'm good, man. How are you boys doing? How is that How mayor life treating you? Ah, uh, you know, I'm making sure that I, I spend some time on Instagram, looking for people catching dinks and you know, kissing babies, shaking hands.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so now i'm hearing that like every single business decision made by dark horse tackle for like the foreseeable future is in your hands is that correct
4: uh yes it is and um i mean we've covered this my very first decision was to make josh chitwood and and jason white uh responsible for all. The <laughs> for-
0: that's good <laughs> delegation <laughs> that's good delegation you know we respect that out of um out of our constituents and uh political figures especially you know outside of the realm of Dink City you know here in America we love delegation so you know you're playing the you're playing the game hey man
4: hey, when you're in charge that's the very first and most important thing you can learn is to have everybody else do everything for you so
1: yeah absolutely <laughs> it gives you more time to go out and catch sticks right more power
4: yeah. I, I you would think that that's what it would do but um, I, I, I've said this to another person and I think I said it to you guys, but I'll say it here again. Um, my, you know, like any good corrupt politician, the very first thing I did as mayor of Dink City is do a complete 180. Oh, go catch big bass.
0: Yep. <laughs> oh no, he went <laughs> dark side. You did. You, I mean, I'm telling you, man, it, it, it worked out for the better for those people. You know, the people who, you know, they stuck with the program at Dink City and then, you know the day the the couple first couple days after everybody started catching big fish. I,
4: I just for the sheer reason that it is so much easier to unhook a big fish than it is a small fish. I couldn't wait to fish for big fish. <laughs> <laughs> I believe
0: it. I believe it. Yeah, I. It's you know it's a grind. Um, the three months of Dink City um, where you know. Realistically, I think if I were a participant in the tournament, I would have done, um, you know, Dink City first. And then, you know, because usually what I do when Jason and I go fishing, I'm like, let's go for, you know, Numbers or Big Fish. But I would have I gone for Dinks first and then gone for Numbers and Big Fish. But usually it's like Numbers and Big Fish. And then I'm like, all right, let's just go for Dinks.
4: I uh, I uh, took my foot off the gas pedal about midway through and... and- and who I think, just just from just from that interview I just watched, uh, the real mayor of Think City, Dave, uh, he 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 blasted me like right out of the water as soon as I took my foot off the gas pedal.
0: So, it was close.
4: No, so no, you can't. You- <laughs> You can't decide to go fish for big fish for a little bit.
1: (laughs) You've got to keep your foot
4: on the gas pedal and go.
1: (laughs) You put yourself through some hellacious situations out there trying to catch some of those dinks.
4: Man, I had so much fun doing that. I had so (laughs) much fun doing that. Like, I was out of breath and thought I was going to die in the woods, but I had so much fun doing that. It was such a blast. um,
0: Near-death experiences are always fun. (laughs) For those who
4: don't understand what
1: you put yourself through, uh, go ahead and explain to them because it was it was a it was a travesty.
4: So uh, I've been uh, for about oh, 20 years now. I have some secret ponds I know of. There's three of them, and uh, uh, it takes about fifteen twenty minutes to walk to them from from a dirt road. That's the first pond, and then. It's about 15, 20 minutes from the first pond to the second pond. And this is all in the woods, in the woods. Some of it is uh, ATV trails. Some of it is not a trail at all. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I, I, I knew I actually saved these ponds until last because I knew what they could do. And I wanted to try to do it somewhere else. Um, but no, I mean like the, the pond that I caught most of my dinks in, um, it's actually technically not a pond because I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I think it's, uh, if the light touches the bottom of the water you're fishing in everywhere in the whole place, then it's technically a pond if the light does not touch the bottom then it's not a pond anymore
0: i heard it come down to depth
4: that exactly well that exactly that is that is the distinction it's not actually size it's depth
0: yeah yeah Yeah, and i was telling um yeah because i was telling some guy about some pond i was fishing this one time and it was like you know there's just some spots in it where it's like super deep and he's like that ain't a pond, that's a lake. And I'm like, okay. Either way, I was just fishing a small body of water on a golf course, man. Like, relax. It's I don't care. Okay. There's like six pounders in it, dude. That's why I go there.
4: But uh yeah, so this place is like I can't sniff the bottom with a 50-foot anchor. Really? No. Yeah. Jeez. That's, that's a lake. Yeah. That's <laughs> an ocean. Shit. Yeah, but man, uh forget Italy, a lake. So it's 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 yeah, it's it's not easy to get to, even if you're just walking. Uh, but if you're walking and you're fishing from the bank, you can only hit two spots on this pond and it, it is pretty damn big, not to mention deep, but it's pretty damn big. Um, and, uh, you can only fish the front of it from a very small spot. I'm talking like five, a five foot width of spot Ooh. that that you can fish it from in the front and in the back. And that's it. Unless you want to like tie yourself to a tree and like hang out over top of the water, like tilting off of a 20 foot embankment you know that's at like a 45 degree angle like it, it you can't so i had to take my boat if i wanted to actually fish and so i drug my canoe uh it's three quarters of a mile from the road to the canoe and then three quarters of a mile obviously back so yeah i drug a bit of a yeah and <laughs> it's not exactly flat land No, no, there was like a, uh, there's a, there's one spot um, that's got like a 20 foot, it's got like a 20, 25 foot. I'm going to call it a cliff, not quite a cliff, but pretty damn close. Um, I'd say just shy of like 75 degree angle. Um, And uh, yeah, so I, the first time I went, I took like this clothesline to like like, drag the canoe up that thing. Take the laundry off of it first, right? (laughs) And, and that was not, that was not, that was a bad idea because like, all I could do was like wrap it around a tree and like pull it and then like pull the canoe up and then pull the line tight, hold it while I readjusted my footing up the hill, another foot or two and then do it all again. And that's how I got up. And that literally took me like, it took me like 35 minutes. Jeez. That was tough. (laughs) And then the second time I went, I decided I was going to mill right the crap out of it. And so I took a chain fall with me, which was incredibly easy. It worked very well, except chain falls are super freaking slow because of the gear ratio. So it still took me the same amount of time. I just wasn't out of breath at the end of it. (laughs) The third time I went, the last time, my Hail Mary, I just took a much thicker rope and stood at the top and pulled that thing up like an animal. <laughs> <laughs> and it took me like 15 minutes. <laughs>
0: Sometimes that's what you got to do every man. minute man.
4: counts, man. It, it, that day it did, that day it did because I had to work that day. And, and, and you know, you know, times are tough, times are tough. So I can't be like, you know, just shirking a whole day of work or anything. So I gave myself extra two hours. And so I took, I, I RTO'd for, for two hours off of work just so I could have a little bit extra time. And yes, literally that day. I, it came down it was pretty close what was it like 18 fish it came down to
0: yeah it was like I, it was very close yeah it, so it so was that something like that
4: it mattered like it mattered and honestly until the last hour it came down to pretty much the last hour hour and a half i might not have won had i not remembered the other bait that came in the february box which bait was that that was the jack slap
0: Oh yeah. I think that was the March box, dude. Oh, I think now- I've got
4: No, nah, because I got that from I, I, I remember I remember April. taking that picture in my truck uh right before the expo. Yeah, oh yeah.
0: Was- yeah, and somebody decided to say some choice words about getting a Valentine in their box. You know what, buddy?
1: <laughs> oh, was it was it the February box? Yes, it was the February yeah. box. Yeah, yes.
4: February box. Yeah. Was that the same box that Griffin came in? I think so. No, that yes. was
1: no, wasn't no,
0: no, I don't know. There's so no. many boxes. March, March was the finesse box. Oh, okay. And because February, you got a spinnerbait from Martin's, also.
1: And yeah, I don't know, dude. They all kind of blend together when you do like, how many have I done now? Like thirty-six total boxes plus the Andrew Hayes boxes and the people, sh- dude. Look, I've, I've done, I've so done, done production before.
4: I've done production before, and I can't imagine what it's like to sit there and put four hundred of those boxes together. Man, it, it's got to make your brains like slide out of your ear. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Here's the thing that's like really fun about it is like it does it does do that um, but then like the greatest thing ever about it is like you get them all done you get them packed up you get them dropped off and then you get to do it all over again <laughs> it's like oh my gosh. it's it's uh dude it's tough it is a lot more difficult That's a hell of a reward. (laughs) (laughs) Like you can't, and like now with the amount of total subscribers that we have and stuff like that, you don't have the time to like take a few days off. Like you constantly have to be talking to these small businesses to prepare for the next box. (laughs) So Uh,
2: it's it's crazy. We
0: get get behind all the time. Like we we'll get a box done, and we're like, man, we're done. You know, we're done ahead of time. Let's take the month off.
4: And then it's like, and well, then, yeah, we can't do that. Like, Shit. <laughs> I
0: was glad. I was
4: glad to see you boys take a hiatus at least from a few things for a little bit. Yeah, we needed it. Y'all deserve it. You you really do. You really I don't
0: did. know if it's deserved. I just know it was needed.
4: Ah. <laughs> same difference, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, you so, can say that we deserved it. We just know that at the end of the day, we were spread thin.
4: Hey, look, man look i so so i'm a millwright by trade um i work quite a few hours as a millwright like a lot like way more than 40 and uh but i also have run a side business for oh i don't know 12 years now um and trying to do two things like that like And it's, it's never just two things. I mean, you know, whether you have a family or you don't have a family, there's always other things too. Like, and it starts to stack up. And the next thing, you know, like you're crawling in your driveway, it's, it's 11 o'clock. You got to be up at five and, and man, you can hardly even move. Like it's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. It it, it is. It is. Those of us that are out there, you know, getting it.
1: (laughs) It'd be a whole hell of a lot easier if I could just quit my day job uh um, yeah. I, I guarantee you we would be a lot further along uh, if, if I did just quit my day job. But, you know, I've got a family that depends on me that needs yep. me to have my day job. So it's like that's I a can't tough just trigger to do pull. that. That's a yes. tough to pull. Yep. So I just got to do my best. Um, and if I can go to bed every night knowing that I did my best,
4: that's, that's all that matters to me, man. Well, then I think both of y'all probably can sleep well.
0: Yep. Sometimes. Yep. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. <laughs> You know, sometimes you stay up photoshopping the weirdest thing that's not going to make a difference for hours on end.
1: (laughs) The Instagram is going to shadow ban for no damn reason at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're like, we
1: hate small businesses. We hate America. We're just going to block this.
0: Jason and I will have these ideas and we'll be like, oh, let's create a logo or let's, you know, let's work the ins and outs. And then we'll just be like, eh, maybe. Maybe some other time <laughs>
4: hey, even, even just even just sporadically like trying to like make content and stuff like that, that stuff is time consuming. It's not it's easy. so time consuming, especially especially if you give a crap about what you're doing. There's a lot of yes. guys out there that you see that they're just they they copy Joe or they copy Pam and and they, they just you know regurgitate crap. But if you're actually like trying to put your heart and soul into it, and, and, and you probably, if you're doing that, you're probably a little bit of a perfectionist. That stuff takes time. Dude, you know?
0: I'm so glad that Instagram allows you to do 90 second reels now because like it was so <laughs> difficult to fit all that information into one minute. And you could talk. And, like yeah. you, you could talk. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. But like, you know, when you're on your 14th attempt and it's been an hour and you're like, you're sitting there and like, then all of a sudden you forget everything you wanted to say. So you have to start writing stuff down and then you got to look over at a key card, you know, and, and then it's like, okay, this is getting to be too much of a production. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to think of something else I can do or, or look at a bait company or something. Cause it's like, you know, when I'm trying to think the most, like frustrating one I had, um, one was the people's champ box trying to be one of those TV salesmen. Um, <laughs> And actually, the take that I did for that, if you saw that video, when I did. I did that, I was actually like, that was all legit. That was not scripted. I was like, I've got an idea like midway because it was just going to be a corny like Billy Mays here style deal. And I was like, I've got an idea because I was getting pissed off. And I was like, this polo pisses me off. You know everything i'm wearing is making me mad and the polo made me mad because it was my the old company i used to work for is polo. so that just made me mad but i was like i was like i got an idea be a normal guy and then i i just did it and it you know for what it's worth igtv doesn't they don't do us any favors but you know hopefully people see it and they're like oh people's chat box cool
1: Hopefully, people are like, "Hey, this is funny. Let me send it to a friend." Like exactly. those sins and those saves and those likes and those comments, like all help the algorithm. So, like we just try to make people laugh. Oh
4: That's yeah. It. Speaking of people's champ, the uh, the the postman says I should be getting mine tomorrow. Ooh.
0: That's fast, dude. Okay, so I don't know if you heard, but there is a bait. Jason had to take it out of the packaging. He called me yesterday in a tizzy. He said, "Dude." This thing's bigger than the box, and I'm like the damn package. Be bigger than the box. Oh no! But get ready.
4: Get ready. Get ready for clickbait, boys. I am gonna blindfold myself and shove my hand into that box <laughs> right on live IGTV.
0: Yeah, just... <laughs> don't do that. You know, I, I honestly, I'm I'm more worried about like the guy who we worked with because like I don't want him to see the pictures and be like, why did those guys take my bait out of the packaging? Like, it's pretty obvious, dude. The packaging. He did. Jason sent me a picture. The packaging is very big. The it's very nice big.
1: packaging. And
0: it's, it's dude, packaging. it's beautiful. It's too nice for a Dark Horse Tackle.
1: No yeah. such thing. So That's obviously, right. obviously, he's not a small business because his packaging is too nice.
0: <laughs> so obviously. <laughs> or somebody's going to like, somebody's going to be like, see, this bait was made in China because they don't have the packaging.
4: That's right. not actually, every time I ever hear you boys talk about that, it's, um, It's crazy to me, because when I open up the box and I see something with beautiful packaging, I'm freaking excited, man! Right? Like
0: that. (laughs) You cared that much about your bait? Part of it. (laughs) Part of it. I'm not putting stuff in Ziploc bags with you know permanent marker written on it. Billy Bob's baits, Chartreuse Salt and Pepper. Like on uh, a chance.
4: Here's something like so. So I, I, you know, I I showed up, I showed up at the Columbus Expo and hung out with you boys for a little bit, which was a great time, by the way. Um, But that was probably one of the only reasons why I didn't, I wasn't super excited at first. Like it, it took, it took a minute for me to get excited about going to the Expo because I did, I have gone to Expos before. I've been to a few here in Pittsburgh and, and a lot of times that's what you see and Look, I like I went to I went to graphic design school and went to advertising school and 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 I, I love that stuff. And when somebody doesn't care enough to wrap their product in something beautiful, that tells me right off the bat, just by looking at it as a consumer, American consumer, uh
0: hmm. Well, <laughs> I well then know. we're gonna have to have a conversation with you about packaging. <laughs> we'll do it off the air, but you know, maybe after this we'll bring Dave in and we'll have a little round table.
4: It's it's um, packaging is important, man. That 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 the whole book by its cover thing, like like if you care about something, you're gonna make it pretty. Yeah. Yep. In every way that you possibly can. And for those guys, especially the small businesses out there that are going the extra mile to put extra money and extra effort. It, 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 you guys included, yeah. you know, when you take the time to design a box, to design a great label, man, I, those people that are bitching about that, I, obviously, those are the people that just, just, just want to bitch,
0: <laughs> right? <Like>, There's <laughs> a lot of
4: those.
0: <laughs> I think they're just that's, finding reasons to compare an inferior product to a superior product, but make the superior be. product look bad. Could yeah. be. Hey, could colossal. be. That's possible. Little <laughs> reverse psychology. Yeah, my-
4: let me get my cutoff shorts
0: yeah yeah let me uh let me go get my polyureth or poly polyester <laughs> fucking let me get my son's batman cutoff. put it on
1: give me a minute i'm gonna grab dave's uh satchel he
0: told us that he yeah had. yeah <laughs> dave um, that's a purse but dave. uh <laughs> i uh i know what you mean by packaging but i mean now now you've un- now you've unlocked a can of worms, and I know Jason's brain is just going <laughs>
4: I, apologize. Boom I apologize right now. Oh He's, yeah we
0: had this conversation <laughs> like two That's nights bit, ago buddy. but here's the thing here's the thing we already know people like you and we already know people like Dave are going to appreciate anything that we do you know and I also know that if we do start to fall off and things start to get less consistent, you guys are gonna let us know. Yep. But you know. There's there's very few and far between with stuff like that. You'll have guys who clearly are choosing sides and decide to per you know purposefully poo poo something, and then you have guys who are going to give you legit you know any you know any kind of legit info or uh, feedback on your product, and you know it's like where do we find that middle ground? You know we have Zach and we have Dave and we have guys who post youtube videos blatantly shitting on our product where do we find that middle ground
4: here's the deal here's the deal there is a reason why since time began since 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 people put things in packages there is a reason why people have strived to put things in nice packages and that's because it freaking matters and that's because it works yep period End it's called of marketing. Story. Have you ever heard of marketing? That's I right. That's, you- it's the end of the story that anybody else, anybody else is, is, uh, what, what, uh, what are they, I'm old, uh, a troll it, it, that that's all they're looking to do. And, yeah. and those people, those people are a fraction of the percentage of your customers. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you probably 60% of your customers are customers that appreciate the hell out of that stuff but they're not going to say anything. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Right. yeah. You know what I mean? Like they, that. They,
4: they, they just, they just they, look, they want, they, they want their good baits. They pay the money. They don't want to say anything. That, That's not what they, they just want the baits.
0: That's fine. I'll take that all day.
1: All right, Zach. So back to the Dink city tournament presented by dark horse tackle. What was your major takeaway from the tournament? What did you learn? What was your like? Oh,
4: aha. I figured this out. Uh-huh. Like,
0: huh?
4: Well, that depends. Um, as far as fishing goes 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 i learned about the color line okay um that is where so the 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 i guess the color of the ground underneath the water affects the color of the water to a certain depth at a certain depth it stops and it no longer affects the color of the water okay okay and that is an ambush point yeah, and it's yeah. a freaking huge ambush point and it's a much overlooked ambush point point. and i will tell you this right now oh 75 of my fish came right off the color line fishing so, it parallel right off the color line
0: that's um that's a big reason why fish suspend Not only are bait fish above those fish, but like you said, that like I fish ledges a lot. I fish water that goes from a 16-foot to a 32-foot drop-off a lot. That's where I make my money. Um, I'm very good at ledge fishing, not necessarily even reading a graph. I am throwing out pretty much parallel to the bank and letting that bait go from 16 to 32 feet, and it's not going to hit bottom because fish are going to eat it before it hits bottom it's i'm gonna dead stick a stick worm it's gonna sink and then i'm gonna feel bump and i'm gonna set the hook and i'm gonna catch a fish and i'm so, gonna say
4: that fish are probably from what i've learned from 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 this fish are more than likely suspending more
0: often than not yes 100 percent, and moving and moving <laughs> fish don't sit still
4: no especially um. bass um the like These guys, these bass in this pond, like it. It was great because the water, it's not crystal clear at all. It's got stain to it, but not so much that I couldn't see. I've got really good polarized glasses. That helps too. Um, But like I could see, I could probably see about I don't know ten feet, ten feet in, and uh, like I was able to watch how they reacted, and uh, yeah. Like they're not just sitting there, they are moving around um, and they aren't just all hiding under a log.
2: Mm-mm.
4: Most of them aren't.
0: Nope. In fact, Josh, nine I...
4: times out of 10, <laughs> nine times out of 10, if I caught a fish that was hiding under a log, it was a big one.
0: Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Yep. Josh and I've got this running joke that every single big fish uh, in the pond—you know, the biggest catfish, the biggest bass, the biggest bluegill, biggest crappie—every one of the biggest fish in that pond all go out to the middle, and everything else goes to the bank. Yeah. Like, like that's what we say. Every just time. gotta throw
0: it out in the middle. You you just throw put it, it out there, there in the middle. That's where the big ones live. But
1: and, you know, they talk. They talk amongst themselves, and they're like, "Look, I'm the biggest bass in this pond. You, how need big to am to I?" Back. Like, look at me.
4: You need to go to the bank. Exactly.
1: I need to go to the
4: middle. I'm the biggest bass in this pond. I'm the one. They, they, the biggest bass decide where they want to be.
0: Bingo. And the middle. <laughs> they want. They want to be in the middle. It's funny how fast bass move because you know Jason and I have talked about how fast I cover water, but when I'm covering water and I'm I'm doing parallel on the bank, like let's say we're at a golf course pond. I'm throwing behind me. Also, I'm making. I'm. I'm throwing behind where I'd already caught fish, like last night or the other night. Jason and I went fishing, and I, I had like three bites on one stretch of bank. Then, as you know, I'll I'll cast as far as I can, and then I'll go to that point where I was casting. But I'll backtrack. The first cast I'll make is behind me from where I was standing, and then I'm bringing that bait to where I was casting, and then I'll go forward.
4: That's why they call us anglers.
0: Yes, the angle matters.
4: The angles oh. matter.
0: I thought it was because um, we're dumb.
4: <laughs> no, the angles matter. You can throw a fish, you can bring a, a lure across a fish 32 freaking times from from you know north to south. And then get a little bit past that and, and, and bring it from south to north, and he'll smack the ever loving crap out of it like he was dying of hunger. Yes. it it, it's so weird it is so weird it is something that I don't quite understand but I do understand that angles matter if I really believe that a fish is in a certain spot and I can't catch him I will try it from every possible angle before I move on
0: yeah well that comes down to the biggest thing in fishing and that is and I tell people all the time you know guys I've thrown sinkos, I've thrown jigs, I've thrown crankbaits, and I still can't get them to bite. It's not about the bait. It's about the presentation. Yep. It's always about the presentation. What were you saying, Jason?
1: I was just going to ask Zach what his uh
0: three, uh,
1: you yeah. know, the three catchingest baits were for this competition. Oh,
4: that's easy. Ooh. So first was the buzz grub, the micro buzz from uh, – Andrew Hayes and and Cody Jennings, uh, jig masters. That that was the first one, and I got onto a wicked pattern of all places, Lake Arthur, where I usually go to the future lake record, great big fish. Um, so uh, there's a lot of vegetation there, but early in the season, before the vegetation has surfaced, there are these. I don't think they're lily pad roots. It's some kind of vegetation that I don't know what the name is. Okay. Uh, they got like teardrop shaped leaves and they grow in like vines. Yeah. Um, but before that stuff starts to grow and hits the surface, there are these just huge, massive clumps of these vines, almost like, almost like exposed roots. Um, and they're all over the lake. They're just all over the place. And I went out there and I wasn't catching much the one day. And so I started throwing the micro buzz and every time I would bump that micro buzz off of one of those clumps, I got hammered. Yeah. Uh, Actually, I was talking to, I was talking to Josh in DMS as it was happening, I, I think. And, uh, like, I, I was like, all right, there's one, there's another one. Oh, and next thing I know, like I had caught, like, I think I caught like 15 that day or something like that. It was crazy.
0: Yeah. You guys were piling it on.
4: (laughs) And, and they just, that, that was insane. So that was number one, number two. And I didn't try this until I got to the secret ponds. And, uh, that was that, uh, finesse Griffin. Okay. And that thing accounted for 75% of the fish I caught. Yeah. It yeah. I, I, like the the bait looked like looks like it had been through World War 2. Good. Like half the paint is worn off of it. And I mean that'll happen when you've caught 200 fish on one bait.
1: Absolutely.
4: <laughs> That's crazy, <laughs> man.
1: You caught 200 fish on that bait? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Easy.
4: Wow. That's crazy. I mean, what what was the the final number was like 279,
0: 280. Something,
4: something. like that, 280-something. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to have to tell you that definitely that at least 200 fish came off of that griffin. Jim,
1: Christmas. Which color were you throwing?
4: Uh, It was the chartreuse one.
1: Okay. Yeah. Uh, the so chartreuse. Yeah, uh, I think it's Jim, right?
4: Yes, yes, yep. that is it, Jim. Um, and it was – which, by the way, that's from Combat Cranks. Paul, you're a – freaking amazing dude yeah freaking i love amazing. paul
1: paul is a very he is a very uh, important part of dark horse tackle
0: Man, yeah, he's more a- than you know <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: he's a machine he's, a he's machine. come
1: through clutch buddy i'll just the tell fixer. you this.
4: in fact i just i just got some uh i just got some i got two new griffins from him um uh that are, are baby bass colored and the next time, which it's going to be a while before I go back up to the secret ponds, because I, I need to give those those I need to give those boys a break. But uh, it, when I go back up there, I can't wait to throw these things because I can't tell you how many times I was reeling in a small bass and a larger bass came up and hit it like I was throwing a top water lure.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, Did you like, catch any of those larger bass?
4: What's that? Did
1: you catch any of those larger bass? I,
4: yeah, I did. Absolutely. Did I did. Yeah, Holy there's cat. bass up there. There's bass up there that are like, dude, they're like 11 inches and they weigh uh, almost two pounds.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember. I remember. You, you. had some of the biggest 10 inches I've ever seen.
4: They are insane, dude. They Sick. are insane up there. I don't know what it is about that place. I have no idea what it is about that place. But you will catch like six inch bass that look like they've been alive for 10 years.
1: It's insane. Like they
4: are, yeah, they are fat. They look like old big bass, but they're tiny. <laughs> are there? A,
1: I don't know. This is just a theory that I have. I'm not a, a aquatic biologist by any means, but it's just something that I've always thought and something that registers with me. Were their jaws super weak? No. Okay. Because if you find bass that are like that, they have like super weak jaws. That typically means that they're older fish. So if their jaws were not like breakable or like, you know, if you try to hold one regularly, like, you know, you're not holding it a weird, uh, like at a weird angle and its jaw isn't breaking and like, dude, then it's probably not that old of a fish. Like every time, every time I see an old fish, their jaw is like very, very thin. I feel like.
4: That's crazy, man. Uh, These ones. It's so weird. There's like, so I could catch and Josh, I mean, you looked at all of them. You could probably tell, but there are some of those bass up there that I would catch that were dinks that looked like young bass. Yeah. Yeah. And there were some up there and it was almost half and half that I catch that don't look like dinks. They are, but they're not. They're, they're fat. They're swollen. They're huge. But they're they're short.
1: <laughs> what you should do is go up there and take uh take the dink board with you. Take you like a – if you can take a um like a stale and weigh the fish and measure the fish and send pictures of it to Shannon Gorman.
4: Uh and ask him what's up. Yeah. He'll tell you. Hey, uh speaking of the board. yo, yep. You guys asked Dave what he thought about the board and I'd like to tell you what I Please. thought about it. I
1: really I really wanna hear this because Uh, I'm strongly
4: considering doing a new product with that same design. The only thing, and I don't know how many people this would affect, but for me personally, the board was super convenient. absolutely loved it because I carried around one of those 24-inch aluminum ones for a while before I got the board, and it was a huge pain in the butt. I hated it because I can't stand carrying around more than I need. But the only problem I ran into with the dink board was strictly due to the color of the dank board itself it having so much black on it uh-huh. it, la- it so i had it laid on the the middle bench in my canoe that thing got hot yeah and i mean screaming uh, freaking yeah. hot and i couldn't get the fish to put their freaking tails down
1: gotcha because, because it was it too hot. hot so i don't know
4: if josh i don't know if you noticed or not but like the board was always wet and that's because i once i figured that out i came into like this process where i I would catch the fish i'd get him in the right hold in my left hand and then i'd use my left hand with the fish dunk the fish in the water cut my hand pull it up dump water on the board then put the fish down on it
0: (laughs) Yeah. yeah yeah it was always wet i mean you know it's it's hard to do something other than black just because it it helps everything stick out like if we did the board in if we did the board in pink or blue or something it wouldn't make sense and that um,
4: that's my only that was my only issue with the board is that i wish that it was a color that didn't get as hot as fast but i understand the contrast thing um but if you guys make it the same color anybody listening please do the fish a favor get the board wet I,
1: I do wonder, like, I, I really now I'm super curious, like, if it was because the the board was black. Like, the design, the the idea that I have in my mind, something I've been thinking about, it's not necessarily a black board, and it does not have nearly a, the amount of
4: black in it that that one does. So I don't, I, I would love to just know. before well, black like, and green attract the most energy from the sun. Yep.
0: Yeah, it ain't gonna be black and green. That's not our colors. But didn't you
1: have it? Didn't you have it rolled up uh, while you weren't using it?
4: Uh, when I was catching, uh, no. When I was out there catching, okay. ding, I had that thing laying flat on the gotcha. middle bank the entire freaking time because I didn't. I don't. I don't have time to like keep pulling it back out. Yep.
1: Gotcha. Makes perfect sense. So yeah, it probably is because of the color. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you for sharing. that. I mean, that's dude, just
4: that's just something like, I don't know about you boys, but I see a ton of, I see I see a ton of stuff. I see a ton of of content, uh, and people look. We're already we're already slamming hooks through their faces. Like there's yeah. no, there's no need to make it any worse. Right.
0: Well, and, the slime coat's important.
4: Yeah, it is probably I, probably
0: it, more important than any way you hold it, any way yeah. you hook it.
4: Because I mean, what that's uh, I think that the slime coat—if you take that slime coat away, then you they get infect, they can get skin like basically skin infections. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So like, so yeah, so you know, we, you see a lot of people like mistreating fish, needlessly. Needless. Yeah.
1: Maybe and, we should have an entire podcast epiz- episode designated to proper fish handling. Maybe a segment.
0: I don't I don't be. think we I talking about that for an hour is gonna put me asleep.
1: Well <laughs> nobody said it had to be
0: an hour-long episode. Talking like about I that say- for any more than fifteen minutes is gonna put me like asleep. Like I
4: said, we're already slamming hooks through their faces. The only thing that actually bothers me about the whole thing is when you are torturing a living creature for your for for your own sake for 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 a video for for likes for for a joke for a laugh like come yeah. on like we can be better than that absolutely and we
1: should be better than that like the sport needs us to be better than that the fish like the whole future of like the pond and you know the body of water that you're fishing and like future generations all need us to be better than
4: that so oh, hell yeah anyway and- The third bait, back to back to the original question. The third bait, which saved my rear end, I I didn't even. I don't. It it just hit me, like right at the very end. I had two hours left on Friday, uh, the twenty fourth, and was the jack slap. And I gotta tell you what, I went from so I had used that Griffin two times in a row, three times in a row, and that third time I was using it, I could watch the bass come up. And I mean, let's be honest, like I was kicking their rear ends on that thing. And so that third time they come up and I'd watch them and they they fly up to it like they were going to crush it. And then they look at it for a second and then just slowly swim by. (laughs) So and it hit me. I was like, what about that jack slap? So I started throwing that jack slap. And if they didn't hit, if I didn't get hooked up on the fall, two or three yo-yos and I had something on almost almost every cast for like an hour. Yeah. It, it was lucky. Well,
1: I've not caught a fish on that jackflip, actually. I've tried a couple of times. Were you throwing that on a spinning rod, Zach? Yep. Okay, yeah. I, I broke my spinning rod early in the season. And have replaced it, so that's probably why. I've tried throwing it on uh, my my bait casters, and it does not it does not do too well. But I I never really anticipated that bait being designated or designed I mean, a bait
0: caster bait.
1: Right. But like I said, when I break things, I just kind of forget about them. So <laughs> I'm also or, or throwing to, baits on rods that I've got no business throwing baits on.
2: <laughs> that is also anyway. Funny.
1: Zach, buddy, thank you for joining us. We appreciate yeah, you, and uh, congratulations, no Mayor.
0: Yes, hey, sir.
4: Listen, like I like I said, I, I can't thank you boys enough for, for that. I, I got so much fun out of that. It, it, uh, it pushed me to do things that I probably wouldn't have thought about doing, and I had a ton of fun freaking doing it. That all being said, the stuff that Dave was able to get Out of this tournament, Dave, you're my mayor. Fantastic. Fantastic.
0: Two mayors. Two mayors. Two mayors. But, listen, we appreciate you guys coming on. Dustin left. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Zach. Yeah, man. Follow him on Instagram, Metal Jones and Wolf of Walmart. And – Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Needy Podcast. It's like dots and underscores, whatever. Just type in <laughs> Needy Podcast. You'll figure it out. Dark Horse Tackle, Josh Joe at Fishing, JW Network. You got anything else to say, Jason?
1: Yeah, just uh, have a great 4th of July. Uh, yeah. Be very careful. Uh, don't drink and shoot off fireworks. It never ends well. Uh, nope. Watch your hands and your feet and all uh, like body parts when you're Head, shooting off fireworks. Yeah, just be careful, guys, because there's a lot of incidents and a lot of accidents that happen uh, this time of year. And also, if you're planning on going to see fireworks, be cautious of drunk drivers because they tend to be out a lot during the 4th of July. So just be careful out there. Have fun. It's one of the best holidays of the entire year. Uh, Very underrated holiday and celebration of the greatest country of all time. So we love you guys. Uh, We appreciate everything that you do for us. And we hope you have a great 4th of July.
4: You boys mind if I add one thing?
1: Sure. Go right ahead.
4: It's been the golden rule for a long time when you're talking about the 4th of July holiday and all of that. Just do yourself a favor. Do everyone else a favor. Please treat people how you want to be treated yourself. Hell yeah. Absolutely.
0: Love it. All right, fellas.
4: Love you guys.
0: Wrapping it up. We'll see you. We'll see you Monday.
4: Love you boys. Bye bye.
0: Love you too guys.
4: See ya.